Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby of Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. I want to start off with a story. So for those of you who don't know, I was originally born in central Arkansas which explains a lot. I'm sure you guys, oh, that explains a lot about Blake. He's, I am half Arkansan and um, half Missourian, so I've, I say I've got that going for me, but I really don't know if it's the positive. It's just, we'll just call it a fact. So, but anyway, while I was still living in Arkansas, I was probably about um, eight at the time. My little sister, she was probably four, I think somewhere around in there. And we got a big snow that year. And when I say a big snow, a big snow in Arkansas is like half an inch. So we, we had a good snow that year. I can't remember what year it was. And being, in, being from the South, you remember snowstorms based on the year it was. You know, do you remember that snowstorm of 08? We got three inches. And everyone's like, yeah, we was terrible. But anyway, we got a big snow. And we were all so excited because living in central Arkansas, we didn't get that much snow very often. So I wanted to go out and go sledding, right? Well, the only hill we really had, our road left our house and went up this huge, I'm talking huge hill. I, I bet the incline on that hill was about like that. Well, I, eight-year-old me, I still had the will to live, so I decided I'm not going to go sledding down that hill because I wanted to keep on living or whatnot. But in the backyard, we had our storm shelter, and it was one of those big concrete ones that was kind of half in the ground, and it had dirt all mound, uh, piled up on the edges, so it kind of made like a three-foot hill. You know, the hill was probably only about like that. And the top of the storm cellar was kind of like that. So you had concrete and you had that much of a drop. And then it went kind of down into a little hill. So eight-year-old me thought, that's all I got. But we're going to enjoy it at least. So I ran to the barn and uh, grabbed a uh, top to a trash can, not the one that's got the handle on the top. It, you know, it clicks on the side so the top's all smooth. So I ran out, grabbed that, ran to the storm cellar, me and my sister. And we're going to have a big old time, right? So I set the... Set the um, Oh, the trash can lid on top of the storm cellar, and I sit down, I'm getting ready, I'm scooting, scooting to the edge, getting ready to drop off the concrete, and I drop off and slide down, and oh my gosh, that was fun. To eight-year-old me, that was fun. So, but in order to preserve the snow, because granted, we only had half an inch, so we had to take care of what snow we had, so I'd, we'd slide down, I'd get up, walk all the way around the storm cellar, up the backside, set the sled down, and keep going, right? We were having a blast. Like I said, I was only eight at the time, so it was, it was fun. And I sled down one more time, and I think, I'm going to let my sister sled down this hill. So I pick up the, pick up the, uh, the trash can lid. I go around, and I set, the, set it back down on top of the storm cellar, and I let my sister have the sled. I'm such a good brother, aren't I? So I let her take the sled, and I push her to the edge, and she slides down. She slides. She's giggling. She's laughing. I'm preparing my brother of the year speech. We're just having a good old time. And so we do that a couple times, and then, you know, I sled, come back down, and I set the, the trash can lid down for my sister to sled down the hill. And she has the audacity to walk over there and kick the sled down the hill. Yeah, Jay got it. Yeah, whoa. After all, I, I got offended at my sister. Can't, can't you see I walked all the way, I walked 20 feet around the storm, so I walked up a three-foot hill, and I set it down for you. I got offended that she just, oh, just kick it down the hill. I got offended at her. I got mad. I almost pushed her down the hill. I thought about it, but I, I didn't. And at that point, I didn't know, like, I, I wasn't well-versed in swear words, so I didn't have any swear words to throw out. But I did do, have you guys ever seen the old simultaneous hat throw and stomp? You know the old, you know what I'm talking about? 
Okay, nobody knows what I'm talking about. That's, that's fine. Okay, well, anyway, I did that. Eight-year-old me, I threw it down. I, boy, I was mad. I was mad. Well, little did I know my parents were videoing all this from the house behind a window. Well, I didn't know that. And if I would have known that I was being watched by my parents, I would have acted different. So anyway, I throw my hat down. I'm getting all mad, and I just hear my dad's voice. Blake? I stopped being offended pretty quick, right? I knew, I knew that if I didn't shape up, I was going to get a, um, trying to think how to put this nicely. I was going to get spanking, exactly. Thank you, Sarah. But isn't it, a, isn't, it, isn't it funny how I got offended at my sister in that moment based on how I thought she was supposed to respond to what I was doing for her? I got offended at her, right? And guys, I don't have to tell you very, I don't have to explain this very much, but we can look at the culture we live in and there's offense everywhere. Can we all agree on that? People are offended. Offense is just, it's everywhere. What? Do what? <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? Four or five? O- offense. Offense. Yeah, offenses are everywhere. I'm talking about offenses, you know. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? What do you mean four or five? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. It just takes, it's the, the being from Arkansas. It just takes me a minute. I'll get there. It just takes a minute for me to get there. But yeah, our, our culture, guys, is full of offense. Do you might know what this is? Who laughed? I loved that. Don't get, yeah, you're like, uh-oh, an Arkansan's got a mousetrap. This is going to be good. But yeah, this is a mousetrap. What is this designed to do? Snap fingers? What else? Kill mice. It's, it's designed to bait something in and trap it, right? So I'm going to attempt to set this mouse. You should have seen me last night. I was, I was preparing for this. Oh, yeah, I'm so nervous. All right, we're going to set this mouse trap. Mm, I wish you guys could hear my heart right now. You can. You can hear it. Okay, good. There we go. There's our mouse trap. What's usually put right here on this little flap? Cheese, right? What's the cheese designed to do? I love how all, all the parents are just like, I don't know. And all the kids are like, it's cheese. It's used to, you guys are getting it. Uh, thank you. Thank you. It's used to, to lure something into the trap, right? Guys, that's what taking offense is in our life. When somebody does us wrong, when somebody wrongs us, when somebody does what, we're, what we, we think they shouldn't do, when someone wrongs us, we have that temptation to be offended, right? That offense is the cheese on the mouse trap, right? What happens when the mouse takes the bait? Dang it, I lost my pen. That means I'm going to have to stick my finger in there. <laughs> Thank you. Someone's looking out for me. So you got your little mouse here. He's going around. Oh, I, I smell cheese. I know it's the worst mouse impression ever. I'm sorry. He smells cheese. Oh, what's going on? He's caught. Lights out. He's finished. Guys, a fence is the bait. It's the cheese that's connected to a trap that the enemy sets for us. It's designed to steal and kill and destroy. Designed to steal your joy and your peace. It's designed to kill your relationships, destroy your connection with God and others. You see the trap in our lives that's set there, it's a trap of bitterness. Anybody been around somebody that's just bitter? Just bitter, don't like life, just angry? You can just tell they're, you can almost just tell they're, they're just in a trap. They're walking around with a mouse trap stuck on their leg. Guys, I don't want us to be that way. As followers of Christ, we, we, can't, we can't operate. A mouse can't operate. You guys ever seen a mouse that's been caught in a mouse trap, but he's not quite dead yet? What's he doing? He's just flopping around. <laughs> flop, flop. It's, yeah, it's only a flesh wound. He's just flopping around. He's not doing what he was made to do. 
But guys, we don't need to have offense in our life as Christians. It hinders us from, from living the life we're called to do. So I want to go in today. I want to talk about some offenses that we can have in our lives. And mainly in two areas, we can have offense with others, people we're in relationship with. And this one kind of surprised me when I was doing some study, but we can also be offended at God. So the first thing we're going to look at, there's three types of offenses that we can have when dealing with other people. The first type of offense I'm going to talk about today is imaginary offenses. I know we've all, we've all heard it, and this is the, be- the best way to not explain this is to give you an example. Did you see the way they looked at me? Did you hear what he said to me? She walked right by me. You guys know what I'm talking about? Imaginary offenses. Most of the time it's in your head. That person had no intention of wronging you. had no intention of doing you wrong. And really, even their actions really didn't have the potential to wrong you in any way. But in your mind, see, I'm an overthinker, so I battle with this a lot. I, I constantly am thinking about all these different types of situations and, and stuff. And, and before I know it, I've, I've come up with an imaginary offense of what I think somebody has wronged me. The second type of offense is, is an uninten- unintentional offense, right? This might be like, let's just say you're, you know, you're, you're at your job and you're eligible for a promotion and there's, you know, another guy that's eligible for the same promotion, you know, and you feel like you deserve that promotion. Well, for some reason, the boss has to go with the other guy. He gives him the promotion, whether because he, he might be more qualified than you are to take that position or whatever. And really, with unintentional um, offenses, the action of what that person does offends us right? We, we, do you all know what I'm talking about? I'm seeing a lot of blank stares. Is everybody here with me this morning? Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. It's when that person's actions offend you, but the intent of that person was in no way to harm you or wrong you or do anything of that, of that sort at all, but we go ahead and get offended anyway. The third type of offense, and I think we all know where I'm going, is actual offenses. That's in, intentional offenses. Somebody meant wrong to you and acted on that wrong. Maybe they're talking bad about you. They give you a, a back, they have a backhanded statement. They just flat out do you wrong. Maybe you're involved in a business deal with somebody and they just, they do you wrong. They, they, they do wrong to you intentionally. They know what they're doing and they do it anyway. Guys, I just want to give you a warning against offense because even though all three of those are different, it, it, you know, the person might not be trying to offend you, but they all end in the same thing for us, right? It all ends in being offended being offended, getting your feelings hurt. And guys, we can't, we can't operate well in, uh, in being offended because you see offense makes you a bitter person and it can damage your personality. When offenses come, people usually do three things. First thing we do is we nurse the offense. When that offense comes, we instantly take it. The best, the best way I know how to see it is someone taking a baby and holding it. That offense, they, they take the offense. They take the cheese. They take the cheese. They, they take it. It's theirs right? They think about it. The next type of, uh, um, after that, that they do is they rehearse it. They go over it in their mind over and over and over and over. It's, it's a video that's on repeat in their mind. It's just, it's all they think about. When things are quiet, they're replaying that over and over in their mind. They're thinking about what they said and analyzing it. And, oh, if I just would have said this, if I just would have said that, I can't believe they did that. It's just over and over and over on replay in their mind. And the final thing that that brings in their life is, and this is the dangerous part, guys, is they nurse it, they rehearse it, and then they disperse it, right? Hey, Jimmy, come here. You will not believe what Timmy did to me, right? 
You start building an army against that person, right? Based on your perception of what they did to you. You start building armies. We've seen it. You can look at the best example I know. There are churches that have literally split right down the middle because of offense, right? This person got offended at this. So what did they do? They nursed it. They rehearsed it. They dispersed it. They built an army against this person. And that person got offended at them. And they built an army. And what happens? Split. Division. Division. It drives, guys, our offense will drive you away from others. It causes bitterness, depression, anger, death of relationships. Guys, I want you to think of offense like this. Offense is the bait that draws you in. And once it's got you drawn in, a seed of unforgiveness is dropped in your heart, whether it be at that person, those people, whatever it might be. And that seed sprouts a boot, uh, sprouts a root, <laughs> sprouts a root of bitterness in your heart. You know, we're talking about that bitter person. It just seems like that bitterness just runs so deep into their heart. It almost, it almost seems like it's a part of who they are. They're just a bitter person. And guys, out of that root sprouts the anger, sprouts a, a harvest of anger, harvest of division. Most of the time, the death of that relationship. See, offense is just, like I was just telling you, it's just the bait to get you in to, to steal and kill and destroy all the good things in your life. So what do we do? Because I don't know about you, but as I was studying, I got to that, I was like, dang, that's tough. What am I supposed to do? Because how many of you guys know that no matter how hard you try, offenses, offenses are still gonna come. Wrong is still gonna be done to you. People are still gonna do you wrong. Those, those, that, those traps are still gonna be out there, right? So what do we do? What do we do? Well, in those moments, we got to forgive. Even whether it's an imaginary offense, it's an unintentional offense, or it's an actual intentional offense, we're offended at that person, right? We need to forgive them, guys. And I just want to clear up some, some real, um, I guess, misconceptions that come along with forgiveness that really helped me walk this out. And these, will, these definitely helped me out, but they also kind of convicted me too. The first thing about that forgiveness is not... Forgiveness is not an emotion. That was a hard pill for me to swallow. How many of you guys, well, I just don't feel like forgiving them. I've said that. I've definitely said that. Look, forgiveness is not an emotion. You don't need to feel like you can forgive somebody to forgive them. It's not an emotion. It can't, we can't base our forgiveness on our feelings. Because how many of you guys know our feelings fluctuate? They change, right? I, I heard a quote. Um, I don't remember who it was. Uh, I think it was a pastor from back home said that, that our feelings are great passengers, but they're terrible drivers, right? We can't really base our life based on our feelings because our feelings are going to change. And it's the same way with forgiveness. If you don't feel like necessarily forgiving somebody, I hate to, I hate to break it to you, but that's not a valid reason not to forgive somebody. Another thing that forgiveness is not is, is forgiveness is not forgetting what was done to you. How many of you guys have heard the phrase forgive and forget, right? How many of you guys that just runs up and just runs you up and down? I just, I can't stand that. Because how many of you know you just can't forget, right? Right, you know, it, the, the harder you, if I tell you right now, don't think about elephants. What are you thinking about? Elephants, right? You can't, you can't convince yourself to forget, right? No matter how hard I try, there are things in my life I just can't forget. I can't forget. I can't forget what was done to me, but I can still forgive somebody. I can still forgive somebody, right? Another thing that forgiveness is not is forgiveness is not necessarily trust, right? Mitch, where, what was that quote that talked about? Um, I can't remember what it was. It was said uh, that forgiveness is given, but trust is earned, or it's lost in buckets. It had something to do with buckets. 
<laughs> I know, I'm sorry. Yeah, trust is lost in buckets and gained in drops. That's what it is, exactly. Because let's say I get involved in a business deal with some guy and, and we, we make an agreement of what we're going to do, right? And then he ends up embezzling money from the company and runs off, right? Now I can forgive him for the wrong he did to me and my company, but how many of you guys know I'm not really going to trust him to be the head of my accounting department, right? Exactly. I've forgiven him, but that doesn't mean I'm going to, say, trust him back into that area of my life. And it's, it's also not ignoring the actual offenses. If somebody intentionally wronged you, it doesn't mean that you just open yourself back up to be a doormat for that person, right? You can forgive someone and still help and still set healthy boundaries, right? How many of you guys know that's a hard thing to do? It's very hard to do, very hard to do. So I've told you what forgiveness is not, but what is forgiveness? Really, honestly, truly, when we get down to the issue, what is forgiveness? Because it's kind of a churchy word we talk about, oh, you need to forgive, all this other stuff. Well, I looked, the Greek word for forgiveness means to pardon, to free, or to release a debt. Because you see, when somebody wrongs you, it costs you something. If somebody steals $100 from me, what does it cost me? It costs me 100 bucks. When somebody, when somebody wrongs you, it costs you something. Forgiveness is releasing that person of that debt. Yes, you wronged me. You stole that $100 from me, but I release you from that. You don't owe me $100 anymore. I'm releasing you from that debt. Now, how many of you know I'm probably not going to let him leave him alone in the same room with my wallet, right? That's, that's a healthy boundary when it comes to that. But I, I'm not going to let that bitterness set into my heart of holding that over his head that he owes me something because of the wrong he did to me, right? That's what forgiveness needs to look like in our life. The next thing we're going to look at that we get offended at is we get offended at God. And I, I think we all some, in some way do this subconsciously. Um, so as we're talking about this, I really want you guys just to think, and, and, and it's not to condemn anybody, but just let the, let the Holy Spirit can, convict you because he wants you to be better. So guys, ways that we're offended at God is honestly the idea of biblical suffering offends us, right? 1 Peter uh, 4.12, and I love, I love how, they put the, how this is put. Dear, dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through. I love this part. As if something strange were happening to you. I, lo I love the sarcasm that's given in that, like as if something strange is happening to you guys. Guys, in this world, we live in a fallen world, we're going to face trials. We're gonna, there's going to be suffering because we follow Christ, right? And, and isn't it funny that if we're not careful, we get offended at God because of the suffering that we're going through? You know, God, don't, we laugh. God, can't you see all I'm doing for you here? Can't you see what I'm doing? And I'm walking through this. We get offended at God because in a way we, we either think that, he should just instantly make the pain go away, right? Or um, some of us even think that God, God leads us into that suffering. I'll tell you right now, God, God does not want you to suffer. It's not, his, it's not his intent is for you to suffer. Now, because we live in a fallen world, there is suffering, but that offends us sometimes. Another way we get offended at God is when God does what we think he shouldn't do, right? Isn't it funny how, how as Christians, if, if you know, we're on the path and, and we're doing good, we're, we're following all the commands, we're doing what we should and all this kind of stuff, and, and then we see somebody come in who hasn't. The best way I know to describe it is legalism. We get legalistic, right? We start this tally book of all the good things you've done, then you look at this other person, well, they haven't done as near as good of many good things as I have, and we're both getting blessed. And how's that fair? That doesn't make sense. God, are you, are, why, why are you doing that? Why are you letting, why is this happening? Why is that? And if we're not careful, it offends us. Another way we get offended at God is 
We get offended when God doesn't do what we think he should. You guys catch the difference between those two? Because if I'm not, I'm afraid I might have said it wrong. We get offended when God does what we think he shouldn't do. And we get offended when God doesn't do what we think he should. How many of you guys have a justice mindset? Who's with me? Justice people, where are you at? There's no justice. Okay, thank you, thank you. I was like, you bunch of liars. You bunch of liars, right, right. Justice, I'm, I'm so justice, right? Oh, this person did that wrong. Let's fry him to the toenails. Bam, justice, right? But our God's a, our God's a, he's a merciful God, right? And his ways are above our ways. We, we don't fully understand. And I'll be honest, sometimes that offends me. Look over here, I see this evil, evil person. I'm like, oh God, just zap him please. Just, just bug light him, please, for me. But he doesn't want to do that. That, that kind of offends me. I'm like, God, don't, don't you see the evil that they're doing? Why don't you just zap them? And guys, the last way that offends us at God, and this is the big one that you can see in our culture, is disobedience. There's a quote from a pastor that I, I love to listen to named Dwayne Sheriff, and he says that there's a lot of people that won't let the truth get in the way of their belief. And I, want, I want you to think about that for a minute, because it convicted me there are a lot of people that won't let the truth get in the way of their belief. We can look at the culture we live in and see that people, a lot of people don't want the truth. A lot of people don't want the truth. They just want to stick with what they believe, right? That's true in my life. I'll, stay, I'll stand up here and say, there's a lot of things that I, that I believe that God convicts me and says, Blake, that's, <laughs> I don't remember who said it. That's stinking thinking. That's not thinking right. No, I, I don't, it, but, but for me, it's so hard to swallow because it's against my belief. It's against how I think things should go. It, and God's saying, no, 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 that's not the truth, Blake. And if I'm not careful, if we're not careful, we can let that offense go to God, all right? So guys, the enemy wants you to be offended. He wants you to be offended, just like I was talking about. He wants you to fall for the cheese on the mousetrap, to immobilize you, to kill your relationships, and to do all, wreak havoc in your life. He just, he wants it to wreck you. He wants it to wreck you. But guys, I, th- I think this last point I've got for you, and this, this thread has been running through all these different types of offenses, whether it be imaginary offenses, unintentional offenses, intention, whatever kind of offenses that we face from people or the offenses that we have at God, it all boils down to pride, right? I, I, I heard this as I was doing my study is that pride is the opening credits to the offense movie in your life, right? When you're watching a movie and, 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 um, and the credits pop up, what, what are the credits in a movie? What, what is it? It's usually a list of names, Nobody reads the credits. Am I the only one that watches the credits at the end of the movie? I just kind of find it fast. Yeah, you watch them too? Thank you. The credits are the people that made the movie happen. They're the reason the movie was made. They're the reason the movie's in existence, right? Well, pride's the, pride is the reason that offense happens in our life, right? It's, it's, the, it's the reason we can be offended, right? Because whether we're dealing with people, we get offended because we think we know how that person should treat us, what that person should sh- say to us how they should act around us, what they shouldn't say around us. And we're so prideful that we, we think we know how everyone should treat us. And when that doesn't happen, we get offended, right? Or even with, with, with our relationship with the Lord, we think we know how God should operate. We think we know what he should do, what he shouldn't do, when he should do it, how he should do it, the way he should do it, right? We, we're so prideful. We think we've got it all figured out. You know, God, I know what you need to do. Just you know, when I say amen, just go ahead and do it for me, you know. It's amazing. And it, it really convicted me of how prideful I can be when I get offended. Because offense has been a, a big part of my life. It, it's, been, it's been a hard thing for me to overcome. A hard thing for me to overcome. But, and I'm not perfect at it. 
And guys, God isn't asking you to be perfect. He just wants you to be better. Just be a little bit better than you were yesterday. Be a little bit more forgiving than you were yesterday. Be a little less prideful than you were yesterday. That's all he wants. Guys, if you're a percent better every day in a year, you're 365% better than you were at the start of that year. Exactly. He just wants us to be better. He just wants us to be better. So when you're going through your life and something happens and you guys feel like you want to be offended, I want you to just go, hold on. I smell cheese. I smell old cheese. And Brett's not around. Okay, some of you got that. That'll hit you at lunch. Especially if you're out eating with Brett, it'll hit you at lunch. Okay, jokes aren't going over very well this morning. That's okay. So guys, I love you. I love you. And as we go out into our week, I just want to challenge you guys to to not be offended, to forgive, to walk in love, walk in grace. And ultimately in doing that, it's amazing how much closer you'll draw to God and how much closer you'll be able to draw to others. So let's go to God in prayer. Father, I thank you so, so much for each and every person gathered here today. I thank you that as you look at each and every person, you see your child, you love them. They are the apple of your eye, the object of your affection. Father, I thank you, Father, that we can have freedom from being offended. Father, that because of what Jesus did on the cross and the power you give to us, we can, we can live a life better than we were yesterday. Father, that we can walk in love with others. Father, and that we'll be able to take the high road and not operate the way that, that this world wants to of just being offended and just dividing and throwing up walls and, and all, all kinds of stuff, Father. But that as we go and live our life, Father, that, that we wouldn't fall for the trap. We wouldn't fall for the trap. We wouldn't fall for the, for the bait of, of being offended. Father, I thank you again for each and every person here. I pray your, your blessing on them as they go into this week. And Father, I pray that as we go, we are just a poster child of your love. We are a poster child of Jesus. Father, that every person we come in contact to would just see your love through each person gathered here. And I am so thankful for them. Thank you for the beautiful day, the beautiful weather. Thanks for finally sending us fall. We're thankful for it, Father, and we bless your name, and we thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen.